Athens. Chapter 1 Evil deeds do not prosper. The slow man catches up with the swift. I ran my finger along one foot of the corpse, then the other, making the body swing with a lazy, uncaring rhythm. I stared at his feet, my nose so close I went cross-eyed as the toes swung my way. He was like this when you found him? I asked. I touched nothing, Pericles said, except to confirm Thorian was dead. Are there any sons? I asked. One of twenty-four years. He's at the family estate, according to the head slave. Thorian had died hard. He hung from a rope tied to a crossbeam in the low ceiling. A stool lay toppled below. The fall was nowhere near enough to snap his neck. Instead, he'd strangled. He must have changed his mind after the air was cut off, because there were deep red scratch marks in his throat where he'd tried and failed to relieve the pressure. Yet his arms were long enough to have reached the beam to pull himself up and call for help. Why hadn't he? There was no answer to my question, except the high-pitched wails and long, low moans that had assaulted my ears ever since I arrived. They came from the women's quarters across the inner courtyard. The wife and girl children had begun screaming the moment they'd learned their husband and father was dead. They would screech, tear their clothes, and pull their shorn hair every waking moment until he was cremated. The caterwauling meant that by now the whole street knew Thorian was dead. I stepped across to the narrow window facing onto the street. A small group stood below, citizens and their slaves holding torches, the black smoke floating up to me with the distinctive, bittersweet aroma of burning rag soaked in olive oil. The crowd would have entered the house by now, but for the two city guards who stood at the door. The moment they were allowed, these neighbors would cut down Thorian and carry him to the courtyard, laying him out with his feet pointing toward the door to prevent the dead man's psyche from straying. Then the women would come downstairs to wash the body and dress it for eternity, with no more than three changes of clothes as the law demands. They would place an obel in his mouth, the coin as payment for the ferryman of the dead, Charon, to carry Thorian across the Acheron, the river of woe. The pressure would be building on the guards to let through the crowd and allow the rituals to begin. I might have only moments left to learn what I could. Did you know him? No, not really. Pericles handed me a torn scrap of parchment. This is the message which brought me. Thorian says this to Pericles. I have betrayed my office and my city. News of a threat to Athens. Come at once. It's not the sort of message anyone could ignore, Pericles said. The head slave led me up here to Thorian's private office where we found him dead. 
Is it reasonable for a man who intends suicide to summon someone he barely knows, purely to make him discover the body? It might be if the man summoned is you. Pericles, at the young age of thirty-three, was recently elevated to leadership of the new democracy. Though he held no official position, already men came to him to seek his approval before any important decision was made. I knew Pericles fairly well, might even claim to be a minor confidant, which was no easy position. The last time Pericles and I had been together in the presence of death, it had very nearly resulted in my own execution. The slave boy who carried the message says Thorian had a scroll with handles carved as lion heads open before him.